0: Welcome to the P Primo Show. It is episode 110, or is it 111? I've lost track. Unbelievable. The special sauce for sales success with Crispin Cruz today, and I cannot wait to get into it with him. This guy is rarefied air. You want to talk about a sales professional. You want to talk about somebody who's super successful and uh, does great things for a lot of people. This is our guy. So let me just pay the bills real quick, guys. If you haven't read my book, Sell a Million, what are you waiting for? 101 tips for furniture and mattress store owners to sell another million dollars or more this year. Truth be told, take the word furniture or mattress out of there. It's just a great marketing book. And yes, I cannot help but bleed sales because that's been my entire career since 1982. And uh, before that, starting in 1960 as a young baby, I was in sales, selling my mom to go get my milk and change my diaper, right? So anyway, let me say a special thank you to Steve Hauk and all of those at the Mattress Industry Network Group that do such a great job uh, sponsoring my show and for the entire industry. If you are in this industry in any way, shape, or form, You're a retailer. You're a wholesaler. You're a manufacturer. You're a sales pro on a retail floor. Join this group. The mattress industry network group wants you to be part of their community. I don't even know how many we have now. I I think it's over 1800 folks and uh, join the group. It's absolutely free. Uh, Make comments, uh, ask questions. This is a great group, great human beings in this group that want to help you succeed. If you want to learn how to build your business, how to market, how to merchandise, what lines are the best lines, what financing is the best and all of those answers, they're inside the Mattress Industry Network Group. So join the group today and tell them Pete sent you. So with that, Crispin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you,
1: Pete. Oh, great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on today. Um, listen, you know, we got uh, one recommendation. We got to change the name of this show. It should be Prime. See, we drop the AU from your last name, and it should be Prime Time with Pete, baby. Prime <laughs> Time with Pete. That's what it I'm should gonna be. I'm going
0: to write that down. That's a, Do I have to pay for that? or is No,
1: I, drop the AU, no, 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 no. and it's Prime Time with Pete every single time you're on. That's Prime, it, baby. Prime with Pete. It. I
0: like that. All right. I
1: like it. I like it, you, can't so help, you know think,
0: you uh, you can't help but give some free consultant wherever you go it's <laughs> you know you it, want it or not, yeah, that's right, whether you want it or not so Crispin, we have three distinct different audiences, and I want to give red meat to every one of them. We sure. have sales pros that work the retail floor that sell things to people belly to belly every day, and we have sales uh we we have sales reps who sell. To furniture and mattress stores, and my primary goal was to reach my store owners, but I think I've got more sales reps in here than I have store owners, so it's, it's just true. one of those crazy things. That's so, good. Kyle and Guy Danes in South Africa, thank you for joining us. Always great to have you with us. So, let's get started. You have been in sales a long time. And you have seen great salespeople, and you've seen not-so-great salespeople. That's right. So, and one of the fascinating things about your practice to me is you consult with big and small companies both. I have a sneaking suspicion you seem to see some of the same mistakes being made by big and small companies with their salespeople. And I'm just curious, what are those? yeah so you
1: hit it on the head so thank you so much for clarifying like your audience too cuz that really helps to kind of direct maybe where we're going to go today and um you know Pete I got to tell you I mean there's there's a couple basic foundational things that we always look for when we're trying to help individuals you know perform at a higher level and it, and I hate to talk about you know these foundational concepts that just seem you know they seem so Basic, like you mean, you're not doing that, right? And so, and especially when you're engaging and trying to have a higher level of engagement with those, you know, prospects. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit later. And if you, if you give me time to do that about the definition of prospect and how we should be thinking about that, right? But at the end of the day, you know, you want to be better at sales, then you need to actively listen. And you need to ask good questions, right? Ask good questions and actively listen. And whether you're doing that on the floor, on the sales floor, whether you're in, whether you're engaging with a potential, you know, large opportunity that you're, you're selling, you know, to a, to a blue chip client, um, a corporate package or whatever that might look like in your world, you know, actively listen and ask good questions. And then when you're asking questions, You gather that information on whether or not that prospect has a compelling reason to buy your product or service now or in the very near future. Because Pete, let me ask you, if they're not, if they're not willing to buy your product now or in the very near future, then is it a prospect or is it a suspect? You know. Absolutely.
0: 100 Uh, percent I want to just unpack a little bit of what you said. For sure. our listeners. So actively listening, ladies and gentlemen, is not listening. Hurry up and finish what you say so I can spiel out my company's propaganda. That's yeah. that's not active listening. Active listening is tell me more. Oh, mm, can you explain that to me? Get them to color. Be comfortable with those empty spots in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Let those, let them fill those in and asking good questions are questions that they care about, not that you care about. It's all about them. And if it's all about them, whether you're selling B2B or you're selling to a consumer, um, in a store, you're going to have a lot more success because old Zig Ziglar saying, they don't care about what you're, about you until they know that you care because you are just another salesperson. You come in with a sign on your head that says salesperson and you have to do everything you can to get that sign off and have another sign put up called caring human being that wants to do the right thing. That's exactly
1: right. That's exactly right. You're still good. And and I will say one other thing, you know, sure. here, I, I don't ever want to give relationship advice. If there's one thing that all of the viewers and the listeners should be, you know, um, take this one, you know, to the bank. Don't ever, ever, ever take relationship advice from Crispin Cruz. Okay. But I'm, I'm here to tell you, Pete, don't you like, if you're having, uh, if you're having a, a, an issue or a challenge with your loved one at home. And you're having maybe a difficult conversation, right? Which sometimes I'll whisper it, which sometimes sounds like an argument, right? So, but if you're having a difficult conversation with, with your, with your, um, with, with your, uh, with your spouse or your significant other, do not use this phrase. All right. But I want, you know, your, your viewers or your listeners to write this down. All right. If they, if they have this thing called a pen. And a piece of paper. You can actually take some notes, right? I know that sounds crazy, but <laughs> note taking is still a thing. Okay. So I want you to write this down. Do not, um, do not reply with, with the, with just the intent of, uh, of listening and listening with the intent to reply. Okay. Do not listen with the intent to reply. Listen. With the intent of listening. I'll say it one more time. Do not listen with the intent to reply. Listen with the intent of listening. Right. And so what does that sound like in an argument, Pete? Like if you're having a challenge at home and you say to your spouse, you're not listening with the intent of listening. You're only listening with the intent to reply. See, that's not going to go over too well. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, look. so if you, if you think about that, You know, think about the way that you're, that you're listening and you're, you're absorbing that information from your prospect. Right. And I, and I talked a little earlier, Pete, when we talked about, okay, let's change the definition of prospect. The prospect isn't someone that you're going after, that you're trying to sell to on the show floor. The prospect isn't someone that you're calling on or necessarily, you know, you're going into their office and trying to sell to them. Let's change the definition of that. Like, why aren't we talking about prospects being every single person we engage with every single day? Like, wouldn't we use those same skills, Pete, listening with the intent of listening and not listening with the intent to reply? Wouldn't we use the same skill of, you know, asking good questions to really want to get to know the individual that you're engaging with? to have a higher level of engagement. Like, why don't we do that, Pete? Help me with that. Like, why doesn't that happen?
0: Oh, Lord, you've got so so many different things. I'm going to start. First of all, sales pros, listen up. I got your attention. It's your sales business. Everywhere you go, I'm going to tell you guys a true story. I'm going to try to tell it in five minutes or less. And it's not a story about selling at retail. It is a story selling at wholesale, but it applies. Everywhere you go, everyone you meet could be a prospect. So I was renting when I was first a sort of rep many, many moons ago, like 30 years ago. And I was renting because I was in this territory and I wanted to find out what part of the territory I really wanted to live. I thought I had the right place. Well, we decided that I would spend the July 4th weekend by myself because I had a lot of work to do. And my wife and the kids were driving back home to be with her family, which was great. I had a lot of work to do. My landlord came over and said, Hey, I noticed the other car is gone and I didn't want you to spend a holiday by yourself. So would you, you know, come on over? And I said, sure, Al, I'll, I'll come over. His daughter owned a hardware store. That hardware store wanted to sell mattresses, hmm. but didn't know how. I ended up with a new dealer that I did hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars with. Now, had I closed my heart and my mind and not realized what a kindness my landlord was giving me a blessing beyond, I mean, just food and fellowship, right? Mm -hmm. I actually got a new customer out of this. So you're in the grocery store, wherever you are, it's your sales business. Make friends and influence people. I know it's a book. I'm sorry. I can't help it because that stuff's in me. And just remember, everywhere you go, there could be a prospect. Let me tell you a, a really funny story. Just happened to me. Just happened to me. A fellow sales rep and a fellow store owner in Vegas. We are at the end of our Vegas trip. Mm-hmm. We're both exhausted. We're not looking at the other. We've known each other for 30 years, right? Right. We're in negotiations with his store to do business. And I don't even notice it's him. He doesn't notice it's me. But what did I do? I held the door for him like I hold the door for anybody. And I let him go out first like I would do for anyone. And he finally looked up at me and he goes, Pete. And I go, Paul. I said, I'm sorry, I didn't recognize you. I love he goes, it. He goes, you know, we always tell people you're always supposed to be nice to everybody just to be nice. But mm-hmm. it's also good business too, guys and gals. Right. So you never know who you're influencing and how. And it works the reverse. So That's right. that. Um, you had something else that was really, really big. And it just reminded me of Mark Hunter. Uh that, you know, selling is a lifestyle. You know, yeah. to me, selling is life. I came out kicking and screaming, trying to sell on feed me and let me sleep, right? Yep. In 1960, August 12th, feed me and let me sleep. And those were the sales I was trying to make as an infant. And so we're always all selling. And I had something very specific I just wanted to unpack really quickly because it really hit a nerve with me. And it, you said so well uh, about the your intention and your mindset when you're listening. And one of the, the best things, and this is a very specific technique, this works at retail especially well, and it works B2B especially well, and it, and it actually works in your marriage relationships extremely well. And believe it or not, it works with teenage children. And so whenever the other person says something, and you're going to make this your own words, but you basically get a very inquisitive look on your face because if you're not really inquisitive, you should be, and repeat the question back to make sure that you understand. Number one, if you're a guy like me, it buys you time because you probably didn't hear the entire question. Yeah. And second of all, we make sure that whatever we're going to address, we're addressing the right thing and it gives them some time to add additional color and or feeling. And we both know when we're selling, we're dealing with feelings as much as we are dealing with facts. That's right. it, you know, in B2B, one of the things that we forget about, we forget about in, in today's economy, Crispin, it's more important than ever. You need to support your buyers. Your buyer is scared shitless right now. Oh, your yeah. buyer is scared that he or she is going to lose their job if they make the wrong decision. That's right. And whatever successes that there are out there, you need to carefully and artfully present them to them to help support them. Whatever successes that they've had in the past and they've had successes or you wouldn't even want to sell them, um, get them to relive those successes in mm-hmm. their own words. Support mm-hmm. them so that they're comfortable making a, a buying decision with you. And sales pros at retail, it's the same for you. Same for you. Um, you need to support them You need to let them know what your guarantees are and what your, why this is a good place to do business. Why should they give their hard earned cash over to the company you represent? And the biggest reason is you. The biggest reason is you're a good, honest person who's always going to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And yes, they've been in business 50 years and they're a great company and are a third generation company. That's all great. But don't ever let it slip away from you guys. So, I've been back and back and it's so good. I tell my, you, with, you're my
1: guess and I'm like just running with it. I love it. I love it. So but this is what this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be talking sales. We're supposed to be saying, "Okay, how does that apply? How does that apply in a retail, you know, right. from a retail standpoint? How does it apply maybe in a in a big enterprise opportunity?" You know, all the things that you're saying and and um, and I gotta I gotta tell you so two th- two things. One, you know, I like being able to connect the idea with something that's easily to remember, easy for me to remember. Because I, I I've said this a, a you know probably a hundred times to a thousand different people. But li- listen, Pete, I'm not that smart. Like I'm not a smart guy. Okay, so and they say that because I need little triggers to help me remember how to use these tools, right? So one of the tools that you just touched on that we train to, you know, for sales arbiter and through sales arbiter, um, is review, repeat, remind. And that's that questioning strategy that you just talked about. Like it's like, okay, review with what the prospect has told you, repeat it back to them. And then, and then somewhere down in the sales process, you remind them why that was important to them. Right. And so that's one of those pieces that you just discussed. But Then what really resonated with me just minutes ago was how you need to be able to connect to your prospect. So I would encourage those that are listening and watching, like go and, and go back and look at, you know, this process and, um, this behavioral, you know, process called disc, D-I-S-C. And if you're not familiar with it, you know, go, go back and, and research that disc and, See how that, how you can use those tactics, those tools to be able to connect with your prospect at a higher level. And why is that? Well, Pete, I'll take a chapter out of your book, right? We buy from those that, that we like, that we trust and that are like us. So disc gives us the opportunity to identify the behavior type of the individual that we may be selling to. Be more like them, change or be chameleon like to change your core behavior to mirror and match them more closely. That helps to build trust and it helps them to like you more. So we use disc as the foundation of everything that we train against, you know, for when, when we put people through the sales arbiter outcome sales training program, that's the foundation of everything that we build off of paint. And it's because we're trying to build a high level of engagement with those that we're, that we're talking to, that we're trying to identify what's the compelling reason for you to potentially want to buy our product and service today or in the very near future. Okay. So anyway, I just wanted to let you know, you know, that the stuff that you're talking about there, Pete, it was definitely resonating with me.
0: For sure. Believe it or not, we're, we've got a few people out there that don't know what disc is. Can you quickly go into it? Just define the four types really quickly for us. Sure. Few quickly. Don't rush. Yeah.
1: That's okay. So the four behavior types. So there's the dominant, you know, behavior type, which is the D, the influencer, which is the I, the steady relator or steadiness, which is S. And then the compliant, you know, the compliant person, which is C. Okay. And these are broken up in different colors, which is really great. And you know, one thing that I'll do for those listeners and those that are, that are, that are watching, um, today, if they reach out to you, Pete, I'll make sure that you get a digital copy of this card right here. If you can see that it's, it's a card that describes how to identify with a specific style. And then how to communicate with a specific style. I'll send you the, the, the digital copy of this and you can send that out to anyone that you want. And once they start using this, you know, card, you know, they, they may have to do a little craft session, right? Where they cut it out and then they kind of tape it together. So they have a card like this, but I would say do a two minute, two minute drill before you start your day, before you go out on the sales floor, before you engage with your first prospect read this front and back and it's going to help you to start to identify those individuals that you're selling, you know, to, and it's going to give you these, you know, give you the keys on how to communicate to them as well. Okay. So I'll send that to you, P in a, in digital format. And then you share that with whoever you'd like. Um, But hopefully that gives a little, you know, a little foundation to what we're talking about with the disc strategy today.
0: That's awesome. And was it, what that, I keep having the name Brooks is going through my head. Is that where you learned disc from? No.
1: So, um, so I've been disc. I've been a disc certified trainer, um, and then also, so I went through the full training program, and so also in you know what we've done is we've taken some of the um, of the foundational training um, that we have built um, from the Sandler S A N D L E R Sandler Sales Method. And we've combined those two to build a sales training program that we coin now as the outcome
0: sales training program for Sales Arbor. That's great. Sandler had a lot of, a lot of good things. Um, Jim, can you pull that comment back up for me? Um, Kyle Danes, uh, brilliant insights, Pete and Crispin. Crispin, I am not in sales, but these insights are invaluable for life and building greater sk- skills and business in general. Thank you, Kyle Danes. Kyle, yeah. I have news for you. I want you to really get this because you know I love you like a brother. Yes, you are in sales. Your uh, consultant business, your life coaching business is is dependent on your ability to sell. So I want you to make an adjustment right now. I want you to adjust in between your ears. Yes, you are in sales. Yeah, that's right. I'm I'm sorry. It's out of love. It's only out of love, brother. (laughs) I love it. I love it. um, That review, repeat, remind is great, and anything that's like Tracy Miller. How are you? I really appreciate you both. You sharing your experiences, Tracy. I am so sorry that we didn't hook up in Vegas and. Anybody that is doing a quick listen to this, not hook up that way, hook up. (laughs) Um, Thanks for giving that out there, Pete. Yeah, I know. I just, I say things and I, I think that everyone's just as innocent and sweet as me, but they're not. So, (laughs) uh, Tracy, thank you for listening. Appreciate you. Uh, Chris, uh, stone golden nuggets from the sales arbiter. Absolutely. Chris, Uh, uh, Crispin is on fire here. um, I don't know where to, where, where, uh, where, where to begin with this next one, but I want to say a quick shout out, um, to, uh, Jack Balsley, a friend of mine that owns, uh, the mattress sales store in Indian Lake, South Carolina. Thank you for the order you just placed. I guess you did not get my message that I was going to be doing a live show, but I'll take an order anytime, any day. Thank you, I sir. I appreciate <laughs> you. Uh, Crispin has blessed me. It's never happened before on the show. Might have gotten an email, but I didn't actually get a text where I knew I actually had a sale. So, one of the things that can become challenging for us as salespeople is we have to be driven to some degree, Crispin. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we have to put the customer's needs first before our needs. And I find that to be a balance and act. Um One of the, I was really blessed. I had great mentors and you remind me of my late mentor, George Cooley. he, he He taught me a lot about sales and I I could write a whole book on what George taught me and still never scratched the surface of, I mean, I, I was a kid on my days off, I would literally travel in a car with him as he was making calls as a sales rep. So when I was learning how to sell retail, I was also learning how to be a sales rep at the same time. Uh, the problem for me is what was supposed to be three or four years turned into nine years because I fell in love with it and I didn't want to get away. And then after about seven years, I did want to get away. But Crispin, and I was such a horrible interview. It took me two years of interviews before I got on the road, actually. <laughs> the road. But the greatest compliment I've ever heard anyone give a salesperson was this and it was a librarian from Canada um i believe her name was lee and she said i want you to pay attention to what george does and how he makes people feel hmm. and i and so like i i'm in college i'm like a senior in college even a, as a junior in college i started working at the store right. um And I'm trying to learn this just in case my NFL career doesn't happen, which of course it didn't. Um, (laughs) So, you know, she says she's a librarian from Canada. So she says, I'm not a sales expert, but I've been watching George sell for several days here. And I'm going to tell you that if you learn how to be as gentle with people as he is, you will be very successful, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'll never forget that. And you know, I I always say this. I've never said this publicly, but here here I go getting myself in trouble again. <laughs> I I believe that that God sends people with messages to us, and sure. I believe, and I call them angels. So mm-hmm. yeah, I believe in the angels with the wings too. But I also believe that God's put puts messages into people's hearts that they share with us and help make us better people. And I kept asking myself, why was that message delivered to me? And I've never forgotten it. Mm-hmm. I, I've forgotten a lot of things in my life, but I've never forgotten that. And this is especially true in retail. Um, for you to build a career, you need people to buy from you again and again, and you need them to love buying from you so much that they refer you to their friends and their family. And you need those five-star online reviews for your stores today. You know, when I started, there was no such thing as a five-star online review. There was barely anything online at all. I didn't become aware of it for a good 10 years after that. So today, more than ever, Whatever you do and however you do it, remember that whether you make the sale on the first call or it takes several calls to make the sale, you want the people to remember you in a good way. And the way that you do that is by being gentle, Mm -hmm. as gentle as you can be. If you're a hard driver, you're a hard driver. I'm not. I will never tell you to sell inauthentically. You have to sell with. Your style, but remember to put the customer first. I used to do sales meetings and I used to tell my salespeople if you and your heart aren't in the right place, mm-hmm. you're not going to make the sale. If if it's very close, you're going to miss. You're going right. to miss because everybody has a lie detector. Yeah. And it's not in their brain, and it may not even come down to that. It's just the feeling that they have that they're either comfortable with you. Or they're not comfortable with you, yeah. and if your heart's in the right place, the chances of them being comfortable with you is much much greater. So let's talk about that if you don't mind. Let, yeah. I got it because it's so great,
1: Pete. It, when you talk about being an advocate for the for 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 yourself, for your business, for the, the organization that you serve, and also for the prospect, right? So two pieces there which I think are really really interesting. First of all, you know, your time is valuable and your prospect time prospects time is also valuable. And so the one thing I own every single one of these gray hairs Pete. I can tell you that. And it's because you know I've had a lot of different experiences in my life, right? And the one thing that I cannot manufacture is time. Right? So so me being you know, being kind to my prospect is also valuing. You know, having some value for their time, right? And and also for my own, because that's something that I'm. I will not ever get back the the investment in time that I have in every prospect that I engage with. And remember, earlier in the broadcast, we 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 changed the definition of prospect. It's everyone that we engage with all day long, every day. Okay. Inner circle, friends, family, coworkers, and then true prospects that you're potentially trying to sell to. Right. So that time piece is invaluable. And so I don't want to waste it. And I don't want to waste my prospects time. So I'm, I'm actually doing them a favor by not wasting their time. Continuously calling them, you know, trying to follow up with them when they have no interest in buying my product or service, no interest, right? And so, that's 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 a piece that I'm I'm being to your point gentle about. I'm being gentle with. Okay, so that's that's number one. Secondly, you know, the second piece that I got out of that is you're absolutely right, Pete, because here's the thing. If you make your prospect not okay, you make them uncomfortable, you make them upset. If there's something that you're doing to push them to a sale, right? And if you make them not okay, you know, and you do that once, okay. But you do that twice in the sales event. You do that three times in a sales event. Then I always ask the question, Pete, you know, what are the odds that they're going to buy from you? If you're making your prospect not okay, the odds that they're going to buy from you. Go way down, like zero, right? Right. So we're always trying to keep our prospect okay, right? We're trying to do that. And, and that's really important is that we're, as we're trying to understand what's the compelling reason for you to buy my product or service today, what's the timing? What does that look like? You're asking good questions. You're actively listening. You're doing all those things. You know, then you're being assertive, but not aggressive. You're being assertive, not aggressive. There's a difference. Every single person that's watching or listening to this to this um podcast right now knows the difference. They know the difference. And if and if you're pushing them to a sale, then it puts too much pressure on you and the prospect, and you're making them not okay.
0: Does, does that yeah. make any sense at all, Pete? I don't percent Um so I love how you went from gentle to assertive but not aggressive because those are delineating points that are so important that we as salespeople either have great success or we flounder being able to navigate through some of that. So learning to ask better questions, you should constantly hone your craft. And some of the best questions that you're ever going to get, you're going to borrow. Someone's going to do it to you, and you're going to go, that was really good. Okay. I'm a salesman, and he did it to me, or she did it to me, and I liked it. You know, Tommy Hopkins always used to say, if your tactics are sound, they can't stop you. And he, he does a whole story about how his son used his tactics on him at supper to get what he wanted. And it's a hilarious. We're not going to get into it. But help us structure better questions really quickly.
1: Yeah. So how to ask better questions. So one of the things, and I'm, I'm going to give also this tool out today. When you're, To ask better questions, we need to get out of the habit of having this deep desire to tell our own story. We have to get out of that habit, Pete. I mean, that is critical for us to get out of the habit of having this deep desire to tell our own story. And, you know, for again, those for that are listening and watching, your stuff doesn't matter. All right. And I, I know that might hurt a little bit, but your stuff doesn't matter. Like what you think is important about your product or your service is not important unless it's important to the prospect. It's only important if it's important to the prospect, all right? So how do we figure that out? We ask questions. What brought you in today? You know, what's the reason why you're here? You know, what issues or challenges are you having, right? And we start to ask questions. And then what happens? It becomes a bit of a tug of war that we have to manage. We have to manage that in the sales process. We have to be very careful. And again, being assertive, not aggressive, but staying in control of the sales event, right? And so how do we do that? Well, the way that the prospect tries to take control, Pete, is they start to ask us questions. And if you don't think that prospect has done their homework, come on. We all know if we're going to make a major purchase, if we're going to spend thousands of dollars or even several hundred dollars on an item, I guarantee you that prospect has done their homework. Okay. And so we have to be very, we we have to be very cognizant of that. And. And we know that they might tell us, they might tell us that they, Oh, this is the first time we've ever been in your store. This is the first time we're thinking about buying, you know, X or Y product. Not true. They've looked it up online. They know all the specifications. They have done their homework because think about it. Pete, the last time that you made a major purchase, did you or did you not do your homework before purchasing that product or service? I guarantee you the answer is yes. So. What do we do? So when a prospect asks us a question, we use this little technique called a reverse. And the reverse is real simple, Pete. It's answering a question with a question. Now you can only do that maybe once or twice. Okay. You can't do that too many times because then your prospect is going to say, wow, this guy shouldn't have been in sales. He should have been a politician. Because he never answers my question, right? He never answers my question. So we got to be very careful with that, okay? So we use that technique maybe once or twice. Now, maybe some of your listeners are saying, well, why would I do that? So you can gather more information so you can answer their question correctly. Because here's what happens, Pete. Your prospect asks you a question and then you hurry to answer. And because why? Why? because we have this deep compelling reason to answer the question right and we might answer correctly we might answer incorrectly if we answer incorrectly and we continue to answer the prospects questions incorrectly even though we know all the specs we know how to sell our product we know the features and benefits right even and if we do that and we continue to answer our prospects question incorrectly then the 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 odds of them buying from us go way down. So what do we do? We use the reversing technique to ask a question when a question is asked. And so here's the process. Softening statement, then a reverse, right? So, hey, Pete, you know what? I'm so glad you asked me that. You know, I hear that all the time. Okay, softening statement. Now, before I answer Pete, Help me understand. There's a reason why you asked me that. Why is that important to you? Now, Mm -hmm. now you've got something. Now, why is that important to you? You know, why did you ask me that question? Right? Softening statement, then a reverse. That's going to give you more information to answer your prospect's question correctly. So then there's more bonding and rapport. So now you have a better connection with the prospect. They know that you're actively listening. All of these things are happening at the same time, Pete. All these things are happening at the same time. So then you can effectively either qualify or disqualify that prospect. Okay? Does that make sense, Pete?
0: Oh, you can't help yourself. You're so good. (laughs) I say the same thing. Does that make sense? and 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 you as a sales professional whether you're B2B or whether you're belly to belly in in a store have to get really comfortable with saying that just the way Crispin said it to me and just the way I said it back to him you could tell that we both have asked that question thousands of times and it's so important for us to differentiate ourselves to not sound like the swarmy salesperson at the other store, or the swarmy sales rep who's just determined to make the sale for his or her reasons and not for your reasons. So to me, answering a question with a question is huge, especially when it gets us to the heart. And the heart is, what's important to you? And you know, there's a lot of other questions that this reminds me of, but this is so artfully done. This is really a formula that you guys should should memorize and you guys should get on, uh, get with uh, Crispin, uh, get to his sales site, his sales site, the sales arbiter, and start to get some of this um, uh, in, in your own arsenal if it's not already in there. Something else that you guys can say, if you are a sales rep, you can say in a business to business, now you're selling a store owner, you should let them know that you know what's going on in their environment, hmm. for instance, and without betraying any trust. If you know that there's another store coming down the street and you're, it's not trusted information, Sharing that with them, asking them what their concerns are and what the success look like for them. You know, one of my favorite questions, if you sell sofas, anybody that sells sofas, because a lot of you mattress salespeople are selling in furniture stores. I always used to ask, is there a TV in the room? because if there's a TV in the room that means there's more time in the room and that means the wearability of the fabric is more important to them okay so uh whether it's b2b or it's to a consumer our goal should always be to do the right thing for them and because this is what we do every day we have specialized knowledge that they don't have and starting to focus in on what's important to them and getting them to give us more information about how a room is going to be used or what does success look like for them? What are their concerns? How do they see the future? You That's know, it. what is their most immediate, pressing concern or area of improvement? And That's it. you probably already know what they need to improve on. And here's something that I will... To say to all of my sales professionals, you earn the right to the sale by number one, being willing to walk away from the sale if it's not the right thing for them. That's but, right. And that's a heart thing, and that's a brain thing, but the other piece of it is knowing the answers to these questions before you even ask them because you've done your homework. now. When it's with a consumer, you don't know if there's a TV in the room or not. And that's why you have to ask the question. Right? Um, you don't know exactly what's important to her, but you have an idea. If she True. has children, what's important to her? You have an idea. And so one of the things that the most successful retail salesperson ever said to me, I said, hey, listen, I'm writing a blog. This is years ago. And I still have a blog, guys. Um, I'm writing a blog, and I need some success tips. And he just started laughing. And he goes, no one could ever do what I do. And I go, well, tell me what you do. And he said, I go deeper than any other salesperson dares to know. By the time these people leave, I know the names of their children. I know where they go to school. And a lot of times, if they're interested, they know mine too. And I know that's not in any sales book anywhere. And I said, and I said, Tom, as long as, as long as they asked you, it's okay. Right. So one of the things that happens in our sales career is we learn about sales and we get pretty good at it. And we have this new body of knowledge and we want to share that body of knowledge with everybody. But here's the truth and it's hard it's a hard one to learn and to understand and to calibrate and to control it and to use it with uh with good judgment and with discernment and that is if you use everything that you have learned in every sale you will, may never make another sale as long as you live <laughs> all right that's right because you're going rabbit hunting with a machine gun and you don't need to do it you just yep. need to fill in the pieces that are important to them
1: so mm. it's so good it's so got, good Pete i got to i got to i got to say something there because go, you know when you talk about going you're going through the discovery phase with your prospect right and you're going through and you're trying to identify okay why is that what's important to your prospect and so there's three levels that you have to go through level 1 the first level and this is what the prospect tells you. So the prospect is saying to you, well, Pete, this is what brought me in today, or, or this is the reason why we're having the conversation, or these are the things that I think we probably need to, to, to fix, you know, our, our challenge, our issue, our frustration, whatever that looks like. Okay. That surface level, that level one is typically not always, but typically that's not the reason why they came in okay so then the next level that we have to we have to use good questioning strategies because we have to get to level 2 which is which sounds sounds something like okay then now level 2 is we got to figure out how is this personally Im- or impacting either the organization or the family okay if you're selling something direct right how is this personally impacting the family unit or the organization, or the business. That's level two. So then you ask good questions to try to understand how is this personally impacting the organization, the family, whatever that looks like, okay? Now, we get to level three. That's where things really happen, okay? When we figure out that we get to the, we're asking good questions and we find out, now, Pete, how is this personally impacting you? The buyer, how is this personally impacting you? We get down to that you, that level three. What we call that is true pain. That's the reason why they're there. Okay. If you can ask good questions and get through level one and level two and get to what we call true pain in the discovery process, now you've got something. Okay. But you got to keep asking questions. And I love what you just said, you know, he, the the guy you were talking about he said i go deeper than anyone else and i figure out what i figure out whether they have a compelling reason to buy my product or service now or in the very near future right and if you and i'm here to tell you if they're not willing to buy your product now or in the very near future it's not a prospect it's a suspect now that doesn't mean that you can't follow up with them three months from now or six months from now or put them on a tickler list or something like that. But they're not a prospect. They're a suspect, Pete. All right? And we have to come to grips with that. And when you look at your pipeline, if they're full of suspects and you have very little prospects, you better clean that thing up because you've got pipe dream and not pipeline. You've got pipe dream and not pipeline and you better get it cleaned up. All right, I'm sorry.
0: I get excited. I get excited. No, that's so good. So good. So, I just want to I just want to um uh to go a little deeper uh for my sales pros at retail. When you get the Heisman the stop sign just yeah. looking when they first come in. <laughs> that doesn't mean you stop asking good questions and you stop selling. That means, let me tell you what that means, ladies and gentlemen. That person, out of all the other ones, is the most ready to make a buying decision. Because we know when somebody gets ready to make a big buying decision, what happens to them. They go borderline insane. Their heart rate elevates. Their uh, blood pressure goes up. They say things that are kind of goofy. You just walked into a big furniture store and you're just looking. You're not just looking. You need something. However you handle it, keep the conversation going. That Heisman at the beginning should be music to your ears because that person, more than any of the others, is probably closest to making a buying decision. And that's why She's pushing away on you so hard. And once you break that down, I'm going to tell you a funny story in one minute or less. My friend who, who, who left us a long time ago, Angel Gutierrez, very special uh, guy, uh, loved him, learned so much from him, and so sad that he left us so early. But a customer came into the store. He said, welcome to Cronheim's Furniture. And they gave him the Heisman. And he said, no problem. I'm going to send them into our Broy Hill gallery. By the time they come out of the Broy Hill gallery, they're going to be fine. They've seen 15 beautiful decorated rooms before anybody else was doing this. We were doing it. This is back in the, this is back in the late eighties. And so they come back out bigger than life. They give him the Heisman again, Crispin. I mean, nobody gives a Heisman after they go through the Boy Hill Gallery. They usually melt and they go, hey, I had a question about this thing or that thing or the other because it looks so beautiful. They gave him the Heisman again. And he didn't know what to do, and I didn't know what he was gonna do. And I learned something as a retail salesperson. When you don't know what to do, but you understand emotionally what's going on, you improvise. And he crumbled. As if he was being hit by their four by their by their heisman, he crumbled and acted like he was fallen. And he looked up and he goes, "I didn't hurt you yet, did I?" And they just <laughs> laughed. They just started laughing. And then, and and then they said, "Well, there was this one little thing, and I made the mistake of walking away. And before I knew it, five or ten minutes later, he was writing them up." And, and and so never forget that your customer can be a little bit crazy um, when they are in the process of making a big buying decision. Stu, sure. how are you? Stu has a question. Pete, you hit this spot on. I bought my most recent vehicle. I did so much digging and looking. It made my head spin. I found one that was reasonable and I went straight to buy it. Enough looking. Good, good for you, Stu. I, I recently bought a car too. I should say my wife did. She did so much research that at yep. the end of it, I, and one of my dealers also happened, happens to be in the car business. Uh, when I told him what we bought it for, he said, she did really, really good. Was she, I mean, it was one other thing I want, I, I want to share with our, our, our sales reps. How does this impact the organization? And how does this personally impact the buyer? Those questions that Crispin said are so huge. You need to understand how they make buying decisions. And you have to have something. You might be dealing with one buyer, but what happens when that sale is made? If it's a small mom, pa, the buyer, the owner, the salespeople. That's right they're all the same people but when it's a bigger organization you got to understand something number 1 you better make that buyer a hero and you better let them know you're going to make them a hero you're going to you've got to implement it with your company and you have to let them know what you have that's different than other sales reps for me it's my office which is is Jenny who's who's a accountant by trade hey if we have to send Jenny in there and set up everything, we'll, we'll do it. It's not a problem. We're going to make this as easy as possible on you. So they want to know, am I going to look good? Am I going to look bad? Yes. Patrick, how are you? Patrick, greetings to Canada. We buy de-risk deals. Yeah. yeah. You can't couldn't say it any better, Patrick. That's right. Thank you. We do buy de- de-risk deals and de-risk deals are deals that we know um, uh, where the salesperson has been thorough about the outcomes and the benefits and what it looks like now, how it looks different than if we didn't buy, right? Yep. So, That's Crispin, great. somebody's been watching this and they're yeah. going, wow, this guy really knows his stuff. I want some more information. How do they get a hold of you? And uh, I always give my guests the last word, whatever your last word is, and how to get in touch with you. Because I got to believe that there are people here that are saying, this guy's special.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Pete. That's very kind to say. Well, listen, um, just go to salesarbiter.com. You you can do a form fill there or you can just connect with me on LinkedIn. And uh, I answer them. You know, every message I pick up my phone, call, it's fine. Uh, you know, the number, the number comes right to me and I'm that guy that picks up the phone, whether I know the number or not doesn't matter. So I've talked to plenty of uh, companies out there that are trying to sell me, you know, car warranties. Um, because I just pick up the phone, I listen, I listen to their, their pitch, you know, and try to learn even from them. If there's something that I liked that they said, you know, always, always learning, and I think that's probably what I want to what I want to close the show with, Pete. Is sharpen, you know, try something different, sharpen your craft. You know, continue to to be uh, to to learn in this in this industry and in in this you know, in in this position we call sales, and and try to do something every at least you know every week where you're taking away something new. And even trying something new that maybe that, you know, you never tried before. Um, and, and my goal, you know, my goal is always to try something different in hopes of getting, uh, some sort of a, you know, some sort of a different outcome. And, and if it works, then continue to apply that. And when it stops working, try something different, you know, and just keep, you know, kind of working, you know, that, that little equation is going to help you get better connecting with your prospect, having higher levels of engagement and just selling more. You know? So that's it.
0: Thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure having you on the show and I've learned a lot and I love talking sales with sales pros that are so gifted like you right. are. So, You're so thank kind. you so much. You're so Have kind. Have a great day. No, not, lot. not kind. You earned it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.